Greetings and welcome back to Next Scene Podcast, the podcast taking on pop culture one scene at a time. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm your other host, Brian. And with us today, we have a very special guest all the way from the, well, the host of Must Have Seen TV and a senior reporter and producer from Decider, it's Brett White. Welcome, Brett. Hello. Ho, ho, ho. Know me better, man. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself? No. Come this, in, yes. <laughs> this, I promise I have a much better memory than uh, our, our ghost today. That's great. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly find out. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I want to let you know that today we have a very special guest, the host of Must Have CD. T- <clears throat> excuse me. I ruined the joke. Dun, dun, dun. Thank y'all for having me. This is super exciting. I'm very uh, pumped. And I have to say, as the ongoing saga of me growing on this movie, this has become my favorite part so far. I think we're hearing that a lot. I think every part becomes your favorite part. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining. That's 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 the way we go. And and I should say, well, let's let's introduce what what part we're talking about. Uh, we're here for part five, and our, our first half of Christmas present. We begin with Scrooge returned alone and exhausted to his bedchamber as the bell strikes two and we finish after scrooge has been visited by uh the ghost of christmas present and he has visited his nephew and a christmas gathering and they read him to filth they drag him through the mud (laughs) the library is open yes the (laughs) the most catty game of Essentially, twenty questions that I've ever heard, but we'll get to that. We'll, at the end. We'll, yes, we'll, we'll we'll get to uh, yeah. yes and no. Um, yeah, so we start with uh, so Scrooge has been dropped off by uh, the first spirit, the ghost of Christmas past, past, and he's back. And again, with this, you know, the themes of light and dark. He was in the dark with the Marleys, and then in the light with the spirit, and now he's returned back to the darkness of his bedchamber. And, you know, we don't talk a lot about the cinematography and and, and technical stuff, but this first scene is, or this first shot is really interesting. So we've got Michael Caine playing Scrooge, is slumped in his bed, eventually kind of falls over or rolls over to lay down as the camera pulls back through the room and then through the window. And suddenly Mm -hmm. we're outside on the windowsill with, uh, with Dickens as played by Gonzo and Rizzo the Rat. And this, I thought, was a really interesting shot. And it reminded me there's a similar shot in Citizen Kane, um, in sort of Kane's childhood home, oh. um, where the camera pulls through it, like passes through a wall and through a window to the outside of the little cabin um, and does something similar. So they're doing, you know, they're for, you know, a kid's movie with jokes and, you know, rats and, and puppets and whatnot. They, they do some serious stuff here. It's, it's good work. Yeah, I don't know if they would make a Christmas movie or kids movie like this nowadays when you mention it, because it honestly, if you took out all the puppets, this is just a Christmas Carol movie. Like no one is like they're not they're not dressed like cartoon Scrooge Mm -hmm. or like even the colors are the colors are still very muted. Like they are wearing colors. So there is a little bit of a Muppety flair there, but it's like his robe is a muted red. It's not like a um, bright red and Mm -hmm. Even like all of the when they go to the reading session later on, <laughs> all those people are wearing colors, but they're muted. It's not like nowadays. I don't know. Did you all watch Jingle Jangle on Netflix? No. I have not. I must but admit. He, but I, I, I was curious about that one. I, I saw yeah. it. Yeah. 
it's the same kind of vibe of this. And it's it's really fun. It's a really fun movie. I've had to review every Christmas movie almost this year for work. So I'm losing my mind. Um, but that is very Dickensian Victorian garb. And everything is like neon green and like yellow and bright red. Like it's very in your face, which is a valid and cool stylistic choice. But it is, I think, commendable that the Muppet gang were like, they were like, we're going to keep this true and faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a Tim Burton set. You know, without the Muppets, you could think uh, it's Batman Returns or something. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is have a, a certain darkness that. Uh, yeah, well, Tim Burton, and I also like that him. Ghost of Christmas Past, that floating baby, very creepy. That's pretty Tim Burton. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That is, that is definite. That. Now, in this case, we have. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, I'm glad I wasn't here for that. That that floating baby oh. is very creepy. That it's a really creepy uh, puppet effect. Yeah, and I kind of wonder. Just, I almost expect a little bit more reaction from Scrooge. I guess he was warned, <laughs> and the first, you know, the first ghost he recognizes Marley and Marley. But like, okay, you know, if he expected something, you know, something that looked like them, basically a person, but white and floating, and then you get yeah, this weird baby headed thing in a cloak like and uh now we get the ghost of christmas present who first appears as a giant um you know (laughs) rather (laughs) large if if absent-minded gentleman um beckoning him into uh into his next room it's one of the good jokes of like oh you're a little uh, absent-minded spirit and he says i'm a large absent-minded spirit very good he's the best ghost present is the best ghost he is the best present is is the most fun and certainly seems to to enjoy christmas the most um and let me read a bit going back to the original uh this is how dickens described the the ghost of christmas present he said or he wrote in an easy state upon his couch there sat a jolly giant glorious to see who bore a glowing torch the spirit, and that, that was a direct quote here. I'm, I'm going forward, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, the spirit's eyes were clear and kind. Uh, he wore a simple green robe bordered with white fur. And, and a, I don't, I don't know the quite the, the symbolism or what this means, but uh, Dickens made a point to mention that the ghost isn't really wearing anything under the robe. He specifically mentions that uh, Scrooge can see a bare chest and bare feet. So, yeah, the ghost of Christmas present is kind of just freeballing it. Apparently. He's the dude. <laughs> He's the dude. <laughs> Listen, you got to keep it comfortable. <laughs> you keep it comfortable. Yeah, basically, the ghost of Christmas present is the dude walk, walking yeah. around in his bathrobe all day. Well, that's also very similar to what the Mickey's Christmas Carol, the ghost of Christmas present, and that is the giant from the Jack and the Beanstalk short from the mm-hmm. 40s. And he's literally, yeah. he's wearing that exact thing, the red <laughs> with the white and nothing else. And nothing or else. The, the green with the white and nothing else, yeah. I just was going to say, I say it every time. It looks phenomenal. This little, it, you know, it actually reminds me of Thanksgiving, this whole little feast here that we're looking at. Yeah, next to him. I mean, this this set. It looks amazing. The, the movie looks gorgeous. It does, and particularly like this part. So, and and this is um, Dickens describes as Scrooge walks into the next room where the the spirit is beckoning. Talks about the the turkeys and the geese and the breads and and all the um, you know produce and everything. The feast that is allayed before him that we, that we see. Um, you know, that we see in the film. So that's all in the original. And it's, yeah, it's very, 
it's very Thanksgiving like. It's it's a large it's it's a, a feast for a large number of people that apparently isn't going to get eaten because they leave right away. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's like wait, you guys gonna eat that or you know can I take some of that? It'd been fun to see like the 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 ghost of Christmas present just like unhinges jaw and like pick up the table and just pour all the food <laughs> in it and they'd be like ready to go let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's you know this spirit only has one day so. He doesn't have time to waste. He doesn't oh, yeah. mess around. 1,800 of his brothers have come before him. That must be quite a grocery list. Or... <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. That's not, uh, I, uh, I I don't have it in my notes. and I forget the exact quote, but that's, Dickens makes a very similar joke. It's not oh. verbatim from the original, but Scrooge makes a similar comment uh, about the challenge of feeding 1,800 brothers. And I feel like if this was done, um, you know, these days, maybe they'd update it and say brothers and sisters yeah. um, in that. It's but, also yeah. I also really like that um, the instant that Scrooge sees him, he's chill. He's making jokes like that's kind of a side of Scrooge we haven't seen. And they're kind, he's kind of like hesitant with his jokes. Like when he makes that grocery line, he says it kind of like testing the waters, like what's mm-hmm. going on here? OK, cool. He can hang. We're good. <laughs> but it is it is a different side of him. And I do like that. When the ghost of Christmas present is like, don't you just love Christmas? Can't you just feel it in the air? Don't you? Isn't it awesome? And it's like he totally just forgot who he's talking to, of course, because Scrooge <laughs> is just like, uh, oh, listen, dude, I'm it's kind of like if someone comes over and you're like, oh, aren't you like excited to like eat the turkey, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, um, you know, I'm a I'm a vegetarian. Like, I don't yeah. like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really do Christmas, but yeah, you like know. I'm Christmas agnostic or whatever like you you do you i suppose <laughs> but but he is turning over though i mean unlike a vegetarian at least he's gonna you know start to to see what he wants to do with you know believe in right yeah and that's one of the no way you convert a vegetarian one yeah. of one of the issues that i have with this tale in general you know the, the transformation that scrooge goes through is Somewhat in the original and in most of the adaptations, it feels very sudden. Like he's just this awful person and at the end, he's suddenly good. And I don't buy it. This, you, you mentioned, and there's a couple other things I'll mention later on within this segment. But yeah, the, we start to see already the, you know, he's not doing slapstick. It's not a sudden change, but the gradual changes that Scrooge is going through. We can see him, yet yeah, he was this very serious, all business, all money man. And now- Terrifying, yeah. And now he's, he's slipping little jokes in. To, it is to so, you know, just thinking about the grand, like the grand pantheon of Christmas Carol adaptations, because there have been hundreds of them. And like mm-hmm. literally every single sitcom, if you have a grumpy character in your cast, you're going to do a Christmas Carol episode. And that character is going to be the Scrooge. Like it just happens yeah. <laughs> over and over <laughs> and over and over and over again. That to think that Michael Caine, like Michael Caine is a perfect Scrooge. And it is so mm-hmm. Interesting to think about, like, he could have played this role with any other director in any other adaptation. He got the one with the puppets in it. And he gives, <laughs> you know, he gives a uh, no holds barred, like full on. You could re-edit this movie and put him in with nothing but humans. And it would I think it would play seamlessly because he is treating all these puppets with the utmost dignity and like mm-hmm. severity. And it's it, it works and it's so great. Yeah, and that it's absolutely like necessary. It's a totally different movie, and I don't think it works if it's if if Scrooge is kind of playing off the Muppets. Scrooge has to be playing off of the characters around him as if they mm-hmm. were their people and not puppets. Um, and that's that's the magic of Michael Caine. That's why we love him. I feel like in a modern in a modern movie, it would be like 
3D animation characters, animation characters would be the puppets, and then the Scrooge would be played by like Kevin Hart or something. Like that is <laughs> yeah, what right. modern Hollywood would do. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, what was wasn't Jim Carrey one, or, or is that a different? Is that something else? Yeah, Jim, I actually yeah. haven't seen that, but there, yeah, there's a Jim Carrey, but that's like yeah. that weird. Not it's like motion that Polar ca- Express, like right. motion. It's like that weird. It's CG, but they made it Uncanny Valley, and it's. Yeah, it's like the motion capture, right, yeah. right. Yeah, I generally I don't like that style, which is why I'm not, I don't seek out that movie to see it. Yeah. Um, I've never seen it. Hmm. <laughs> Obviously, no, really, that's a really popular film with this crowd, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I think just if you hear it just on, on the surface, like hearing a, you know, a comedic actor or a physical uh, you know, actor like Jim Carrey playing that part, and you're like, yeah. You know, I don't know, but I, you know, maybe they go the other way where he's kind of jokey and then like everything goes dark and grim versus here where the central story is dark and we put this Muppet Salinas around it. Yeah. What was it? It was last year where they did that, um, that FX did that or like FX and the BBC did that yes. like Scrooge Christmas. Was Tom Hardy Scrooge or like, was it Guy Pierce? It was Guy Pierce. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it, it was like dark, twisted Scrooge and there was, an affair or like sexual assault like there it was like super i remember watching the trailer and just being like i cannot believe that they did this and i didn't watch it maybe that's this year a dark year deserves a dark christmas carol that's right yeah i was actually i i had um i hadn't watched that i'd saved it on my dvr and i was gonna watch it in in preparation for the the holiday season this year and then my dvr the hard drive crashed and I lost years of, of saved programming. So oh, I, I never got to see that that FX, you know, the, the grim, dark Scrooge with with Guy Pierce. So um, maybe they'll rerun it sometime and I'll I'll get I'll, it's, I'll catch it's a new holiday it. classic. It, Elf, Love Actually. Like, <laughs> yeah, nouveau classics. So I was going to I was going to say I love um, Scrooge's robe. I love mm-hmm. that that dressing gown that he wears, like the red embroidery and all that. I'm just like. Of course, he, he's he's dressing fancy to go to bed because he's Scrooge and that's what he does. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, it is. It's very plush. It looks very comfortable. Now, I'm assuming now you I, I don't think Scrooge probably spends a lot on clothes worried about appearance, uh, particularly the stuff that he's going to be wearing home alone. So I, I, I assume two things. One is that he's got this heavy robe because it's cheaper than paying for coal and, and keeping the house warm. And then I also assumed that like like the house itself, that he's inherited this from the Marleys. Yeah. Or or like he definitely like bought that robe a long time ago. Like mm-hmm. he's like, this is my robe. It is. Do you think that Scrooge is the kind of guy that would be like, instead of paying adjusted for inflation, 20 bucks, <laughs> yeah. like 20 bucks for a robe that's going to get holes in it. And I'm going to like buy a new one every year. Do you think Scrooge thinks ahead and is like, I will pay. $200 right now for a robe and I will never <laughs> buy one again. Never buy one again. Like is it what is Scrooge's like long-term <laughs> planning when it comes to his money spending? Yeah. That always is is the struggle is you know when you're when you're trying to be thr- thrifty or or cheap, sometimes sometimes the cheap things are more expensive if you if, you know pay a little bit more to last longer. Yeah. I but I wonder if Scrooge is buying the cheap robe and then just mending it. You know, making it last, making the the, the disposable <laughs> robe. He's Scrooge is the kind of guy he buys the the cheap daily wear contacts 
and then just keeps <laughs> washing them and reusing them. <laughs> yeah, Scrooge sleeps with his contacts in. <laughs> God, he needs Definitely. some ghosts to visit him for that reason. Yeah, yeah. Break that habit. I mean, it yeah. does look like a nice robe, though. So I, I don't. It, this looks expensive to me. It does look nice, though. I guess in is this like a Victorian thing? Because I wonder if there was just not as much like automation and. You know, you didn't yeah. have overseas like this. This isn't a robe from some foreign land where there's cheaper labor. Like this must have been made locally by hand. This may be what a cheap robe looked like in Honestly, these days. You know, I don't know. Or I wonder if there was like a local tailor that um I don't know like owed money or something, and Scrooge just terrified them and intimidated <laughs> them into like, give me a robe, <laughs> like yeah. make this for me. Does he hold? Could... He holds the lease on the tailor shop and was like, yeah. you want to be out on the street? You know. It's an awful nice robe you have here. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. It's a Muppet sweatshop. That's how he got it. <laughs> the, Muppets. The, ro- the robe is Muppets. <laughs> it's all the mice. <laughs> all the, the mices, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, oh one, just uh, one more little tidbit on on the, the ghost of Christmas present. So originally the thought was he was supposed to be giant the whole time was their their original mm. plan and then they realized well, that's going to be a, a pain you know yeah, if we just hard. make him if that's that's hard that's extra work we will have him big in the beginning and then if we have him shrink down and just be regular you know scrooge size that's a lot less work <laughs> so so that's which i think works out really well i think it might be it might have gotten weird if he was this this giant the whole time so i kind of yeah. like when he kind of comes down to Scrooge's size, which there's a callback later during the song. He's got a little scene with the mice and he, he shrinks down to the, to the mouse size. So it's kind of like, yeah. you know, he just adapts to, he's a zealot. He just adapts to the size of whatever, you know, crowd he's with. That speaks to his whole vibe too, because he's a very jovial, friendly, friendly critter, uh, ghost or whatever. Yeah. So it makes sense that in order to make the people around him comfortable, he kind of meets them on their level physically. Like you can imagine, I don't know, maybe is he coming from ghost, ghost presiding some giant somewhere? And he's like, Oh, I, I forgot to drink down to your size. <laughs> or, um, or maybe that's just, maybe it's just the natural size of his people. He's like, I'm going to get smaller for you because we need to look eye in the eye. But it creates a really funny, like, it's a really fun puppet effect, too, to see what's essentially a person in a costume, but with, like, still looking like a Muppet. It's it's a really, Mm -hmm. it's kind of unlike, I mean, it's kind of like Big Bird in a way, but, like, more human. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a unique uh, look, for sure. Yeah, and this is um, another collaborative effort where you've got, there's, uh, there's one person supplying the voice. And and that's Jerry Nelson and, and Muppet fans will be familiar with that name. The great mm-hmm. Jerry Nelson, who, among others, voiced uh, Emmett Otter uh, from oh, the, the Jug Band Christmas. Right. Uh, Floyd uh, Count. This is actually Count Von Count. Uh, same voice here. And the Trash Heap from Fraggle Rock. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. here, here voicing our, our Ghost of Christmas present. Then you've got another performer. Um, so that's the voice. You've got another performer who's in the suit. And then they've got remote controls, the mouth and the eyes and eyebrows and stuff. And, and, and the facial expressions are remote controlled. So you've got additional performers. So all these are all these uh, most of these puppets, uh, the Muppets are collaborations. It's like a job of the hunt. Between a multitude. You know, they, they mm-hmm. are many. They're 1800 
puppets, uh, you know, 1800 <laughs> brothers that, that come together to work a Christmas present puppet. Mm. And I, you know, the work pays off. It, it looks great. Oh yeah. Oh, it yeah. looks great. Yeah. And then that nice, yeah, the nice little effect where he just kind of, just kind of stands up straight and then shrinks to fit into the room as he does. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a great effect. It looks great when he gets close to him. I mean, you could sit, I mean, he's still a big guy, which is funny still. It's not like he's, completely human right um i mean he's he, you know, makes, he's michael kane sized yeah <laughs> yeah he's but like he, what six five maybe michael kane's probably six foot six one something um michael kane michael I, yeah he is six two wow is he really wow yeah 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 six two one point eight eight meters for uh the folks in metric land <laughs> so that's respectable. I mean, that's not you know, it's not ridiculously tall, but it's it's taller yeah. than I am. Which yeah, makes puppet's it probably like six five. Then like it's it's like a little bit bigger than him. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, and so well, and before we get into the song, I want to. There's another little interesting thing. I don't know if you guys have you know what, what you'll make of this, or if you will find it as interesting as I have. So the spirit goes to the window to open, you know throw open the window to let the, the Christmas air in. And when he does so, uh, Dickens and Rizzo get knocked off the windowsill. Yeah. Now they're like, so are they real? Are they like, you know, cause <laughs> when they were traveling with Scrooge, when they go to the past, like no one saw them the same way they didn't see the old man Scrooge. So we're like, but they're affected by like physical things. Are they there? Are they a ghost? Like, like the ghost of Christmas present, you know, what does that mean for who these people are, who these characters are? Or am I reading too much into it? No, well, I think like the movie um, goes back and forth in terms of what they can and can't do. Like, mm -hmm. you know, later Rizzo eats the wax fruit which, so he can physically interact with things. Um, he can go and get food at one point. Mm -hmm. Doesn't he like go for nuts or something and comes back? Yeah. Well, he's got, <laughs> I think, jelly beans. Jelly beans, yeah, something. <laughs> but I think that it speaks to the fact that Gonzo is god in this he is the narrator like this is his story right. he is telling it so i think that gonzo i mean honestly it's like scrooge ain't real you know um this is all the the figments of the things that gonzo is laying out there so like when gonzo maybe subconsciously decides i want us to be able to touch reality mm -hmm. <laughs> like they they can <laughs> is that i i that's why i love this movie is because it gives my favorite muppet god powers <laughs> he is the <laughs> omnipotent narrator and it is a nice turn because gonzo is um you know he, he's not quite like mo from the simpsons but he's generally you know not a lucky guy tends to get the short end of the stick a lot of times and and like i said here he he's the author it's a he, he's a weird choice <laughs> a, a weird choice for dickens yeah it's because i mean you would think like this is Kermit's role, obviously, but then it's like, well, no, he has to be Bob Cratchit. Like that. May, I would, I would really like to know what the uh, decision-making process was to get to Gonzo specifically being Dickens. I think that's a very, it is a very weird choice because nothing yeah. about his character screams, you know, stately legendary author, you know? like Yeah. I haven't found anything that suggested that they had any other, ideas for um 
for Dickens. Now, originally, Gonzo was going to be the ghost of Christmas yet to come. And they just, you know, they'd have him in the dark robe with the nose sticking out. And then, uh, you know, what I found in my research and and what uh, Brian Henson talks about on the the DVD commentary is just they decided to make Gonzo Dickens. And and I don't know, they never really considered. Um, Like you said, you know, generally Kermit's sort of the lead of the Muppets, but then you want him to be Cratchit. So he can't be Dickens. My my next thought would be maybe because we talk about this omniscient narrator. He's the author. He knows everything that's going on. So maybe uh, Bunsen, maybe Professor Bunsen Honeydew as Dickens and then sort of Beaker playing the Rizzo part as his (laughs) as his sidekick. Yeah, I'm not sure who else. Um, you know, you know who else we might consider. Who else might be a scooter? Good I think Scooter could have done it. Yeah, he's a very stage manager, like getting everything together. Um, I think Sam the Eagle could have been a really good voiceover, but like they, they use him so well in this <laughs> that I would not want them to change that. Yeah, not knowing the Muppets, I, I, I this seemed normal to me. <laughs> this, <laughs> let's put them up as to they make it seem normal i think yeah sam is is better as the headmaster he might be yeah. too stiff and commanding as as a narrator or as a stand-in for dickens scooter i could see and good good point about him being the stage manager and sort of giving directions in the old muppet show so you can see them potentially wanting like dickens is the lead of the movie so we want that to be an a-list Muppet. And essentially, mm-hmm. from my point of view, the A-list Muppets are the ones that are in Muppet Babies. Like, you have to whittle them all down. It's those seven plus Skeeter, R.I.P. Skeeter, where is Skeeter? We don't know where she is. Um, she's, <laughs> yeah, poor, uh, poor one out for Skeeter. Who knows where she is? She's lost somewhere. Uh, so, like, that is, you know, Scooter, like, Kermit and Piggy, like, have their roles cut out. For, like, they're over there. Fozzie. So it comes up, like, is it going to be Fozzie, Rolf, Gonzo and I think of those three Gonzo does make the most sense of those three because yeah does, is Rolf Rolf is in this right he's got a very small part and I will say so you mentioned like uh, so Scooter is a, a notable absence so Scooter's not in the film Rolf is you is as a blink and you miss it part he's playing the piano at Fozzie Wig's Christmas yeah. party that's where they cram in a lot of Muppets. Yeah, I mean, he's there, you know, there's, there's, you know, Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem and Animal and, but yeah, it's, it's, and there's, um, uh, the Swedish chef is sort of catering, but yeah, he, he doesn't have any lines. He's just playing piano for the party and, and it's a really small bit. Um, I definitely see, you know, we're talking about the, the, the tone and keeping the seriousness of the tale. I definitely don't think Fozzie. I think Fozzie throws it off if you put him as, as the Awful. Dickens character. That just, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, but that would be bad. But what, what we get here is, is actually very good is, I mean, just this tune, this is a banger. This is one of the great songs, a great, you know, great songs in the film. I think one of the great Christmas songs of, of all time. Feels like Christmas. This song, I, I am so shocked that this song has not become the kind of song that Michael Bublé, Casey Musgraves, uh, Adele, like this song is so good that it should now be considered like, it's the most wonderful time of the year. White Christmas, Santa baby. Like it is so thoroughly upbeat, jolly, catchy, beautiful, timeless lyrics. Like I, I, I am 
gagged and gooped that no one else is covering this song. Maybe it is uh, movie right. Maybe it's like rights or something. I don't know. But um, give Paul Williams wrote all this. Give him some coin. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Do, do some Paul Williams covers, uh, you know, Nicki Minaj and, and, and Megan Thee Stallion. Are you are you ladies listening? You know, <laughs> so good. something we, we, we can sample we, it. We can only hear, uh, you know, Mariah Carey and. Um, uh, you know, Paul McCartney simply having a, a wonderful time. You know, we can only hear those those same songs so many times. We, we'd love to hear this. And I particularly, one of the things that I think makes this song stand out and so great, and I know um, friend of the show, Pete Mummert, will appreciate this, is that it's not, it's actually not about Christmas. It's about, you know, it's about the Christmas feeling, but it's about all the other times you could have the feeling it's it's you know what you can do to make that feeling last all year it's it's yeah. explicitly about the feeling of christmas and and not having it just be that one day making it last all year round oh it's so good <laughs> <laughs> but that's I just, but the I, special oh go ahead go ahead oh go for it go for it <laughs> no, but the special part about christmas season is it's only once a year so you have this song about making it every day and then it just becomes Christmas is every day then. Well, I think that they don't mean, I think it means like um, the kindness that we show to each other at Christmas, like make that, bring that every year. But then I am very much like, you do not play a Christmas song before Black right. Friday. Okay. <laughs> do not. This year but, I have, this yeah. year I have made some concessions because 2020 is absolutely horrible. And also mm -hmm. my job has required me to watch 17 Christmas movies before Thanksgiving. <laughs> So, so I've I've bent on that, but I, I am very firmly like Christmas is a season that has a finite time because that's what keeps it special. But like I do think that the 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 summer of the soul in December, like you got to keep that like you got to find the joy and like try to like bring that into like the darkest days of January and the the sweltering mm -hmm. heat of the summer. Like you got to just try mm -hmm. to keep that keep. If we're at our best at Christmas, then try to make it last all year. And it's so good. And they have all such cartoony Cockney accents while they're singing it. And it just makes it even better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like the sequence. The song is nice. Yes, I do like it. I'm not I'm not a total Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> and, and but, then it, oh, I was going to say, I, Scrooge comes around. My favorite moment, maybe, in the whole movie is the moment where like I think it's like after like when like second or third verse is coming and you know goes to Christmas present he's like getting the boogie he's like rocking mm -hmm. back and forth and then like he kind of like looks at Scrooge and Scrooge like gets his arms up and he starts doing his doing the dance too like he's I don't know like learning a TikTok dance or something like he's <laughs> yeah he gets into it he gets into it and it's so cool and I have I, I like I took notes of specific times now I should say I didn't say it in the beginning um, so for us, this section started at about 45 minutes and 38 seconds, if, if, you know, for the listeners, if you're watching along at home, but you, there's a definite progression you could see around. So about two minutes, 50 seconds, three minutes, 10 seconds into this chunk, it's a like Scrooge is confused. And then like that third minute, 320, 335, 340 he, I, the note I have is observant. Like he's watching, he's kind of taking it all in. And then by the time we get to like, well, three three forty five, he's amused when uh, the spirit shrinks down is and is singing with with the mice. But then by the time we get four about four and a half minutes into the section is is what you talk about, where he's fully into it. He's flossing, yeah. he's rocking it. 
He's loving it. You know, he's he's grown throughout the course of this one song. It's the the power of song right there in a single scene. I wonder if it is because the subject. So like Scrooge's whole jam for the first 45 minutes is like, bah humbug, hate Christmas. It sucks. Just like any other day. Screw it. Don't want it. No, no, no. Then this is a song about how like Christmas is more than just this one. You hate this day. Well, Christmas is mm-hmm. more than this day. Like the love of Christmas is actually all year round and we celebrated at this one time but like see these people hanging out loving each other these people like do like it's not about this if you hate this day christmas can be about something else like you can make it whatever you want man get into it and he starts getting into it right (laughs) i don't know it can be you know it can be a a cup of kindness we share with another it can be a sweet reunion it can be you know a singing choir like it can be Anything that has that spirit to you, it doesn't have to be the things you don't like. Just take what you do like and make that your spirit of Christmas. This is, Um, yeah, yeah. this is why I'm like such a huge uh, Christmas evangelist or whatever, (laughs) because when like, you know, I think people have every right to not like the holidays because there's a lot of holidays come packaged in family trauma and like stress. Like there's a lot around it. But what I, uh, I don't know, I realized at some point, that Christmas is about like intense sadness and intense joy and everything in between. Like if you are, it's it's the Charlie Brown Christmas. It's like, if you are entering the Christmas season and you are depressed and you hate everything, congratulations, Merry Christmas. You're doing it right. Like that is, <laughs> that is part of it. Like Christmas mm-hmm. is the one time of year where you are supposed to feel that the pain of nostalgia of Clark Griswold in the, in the attic, all of his fail, like locked in the attic and he puts on those old, family movies and he's just watching them and crying because like Mm -hmm. those days are gone and it's he's smiling at the same time like that is the joy of christmas is that is the most depressing darkest time of year and but yet we swing around and it can be the most joyful like we fight to make it the most joyful and and i think that's that's what this song is and also i wanted to point out that those mice are it's illegal how cute they are someone should be put in jail (laughs) (laughs) Those those mice are like Baby Yoda cubed. <laughs> you know, it's right. This oh, this scene reminds me of uh, the opening of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one, Christian? Or is this <laughs> right? right? The, all the different creatures and the Muppets everywhere. <laughs> so you're saying like Victorian London is is basically Jabba's palace. palace. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not, I, it, more so from the creature standpoint. You just from the you, you meet standpoint. a lot of different little things going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, like, there's those horse puppets that are just, like, walking around, and then there's, like, the mice, yeah, yeah. and then it's a... It's a Dude, is this also the song where the fruit sing as well? <laughs> like, there's just a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's there's some fruit. And I love another little tidbit from Jim, uh, Brian Henson's disc uh, commentary. The the dancing horses was like a quick throw and they realized they had they had the ghost of Christmas present like singing. He's standing on this plinth in the middle of the street or the square. And then they have him dancing with Scrooge and they realized they didn't have anything in between as they were editing and they were like quick run up like what puppets do we have oh there are some horses let's have the horses dance for a bar or two and then just edit it in like all within the span of a couple hours oh wow um you know it's and it's it's talking about movies and podcasting about movies we found a lot of these wonderful moments 
are complete accidents that just kind of happen. And that's one of them. That nice little interlude of, of the horses dancing was like totally unplanned, something they just had to stuff in at the last minute. Uh, but really fun. <laughs> Christmas yeah. magic. Chris, yeah, cr- Christmas magic. And, and he comes around. He's dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And and I must say, we, we, we talked about his robe a little bit sooner or earlier in, in the episode. And that was in the dark of of night and in his you know cramped little quarters. In the daylight, that robe is so much more fabulous. Mm-hmm. You can see yeah. the pattern, the like the paisley. There's there's a lot going on. It's it, it looks even better in the daylight than it did at night. I would love for any um I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like any menswear line to just do a line of clothes inspired by <laughs> Christmas Carol because like Dickens' coat is. Awesome. I love that red coat. Uh, I like the waistcoat on the nephew and the next part of it. Like someone, I don't know. Get into this. Bonobos, do this. <laughs> Can we bring this back? I, yeah. When When's the, the season of Muppet Christmas, Carol? When that's going to, when, when is the fashion going to come around? I'm, I'm oh, all oh, on board. Also, yeah. I forgot to mention. So like, there's also the moment where, a snowman from Muppet Family Christmas is one of the is in this is in that scene. The snowman is the same snowman that oh. Fozzie that Fozzie like builds in Muppet Family uh, Christmas from 1987, I think. And they like do the the joke routine, and then uh, most all of those scenes have been cut for a uh, in America because they sing um, copyrighted Christmas carols, and so they were only ever aired in reruns in the UK. Hmm. Muppet Family Christmas is the greatest Christmas special of all time, but. Uh, impossible to find because of a whole lot of red tape i like seeing that snowman i've i've never seen that so yeah i didn't realize that the snowman who kind of does a little dance then his head falls off yeah um yeah so it is the best i've never seen the the muppet family christmas special Mm. i'll have to see if um see if i can track that down yeah that sounds like i think it is all on youtube it's on youtube (laughs) it's on youtube it's fraggle rock sesame street and the muppets all together and it is uh, it's just great. It's so funny and so good. Yeah, it's so great. I'm sold. Um, so you talked about, you know, so you, t- you talked about some other Christmas movies and having to watch, you know, having to watch some other Christmas movies for uh, for, for commentary purposes, for covering and, and talking about and, and writing about Christmas uh, movies and episodes and, and so forth. So where does, um, you know, kind of Brett, so what's your history with with this particular film? And and where do you think it falls in sort of the, the pantheon of of uh, you know Christmas films and Christmas Carol adaptations? So I like Muppet Babies was my favorite show uh, when I was a kid. I mean, like I started in '84 and I was born in '84, so like I literally grew up mm-hmm. with Muppet Babies, and with I was Muppet obsessed. Babies, yeah. I was obsessed with Muppet Babies, and and I would just watch it all the time. So like the Muppets were just this. And Gonzo is uh, a foundational part of my personality like i it's i got to your meet, spirit animal yeah I, mean, I i got to meet gonzo earlier this year oh wow via zoom when disney launched the muppets now sketch show they did a press junket for it and i'm usually very i'm a i'm a professional i do this for a living and so i understand like you're not supposed to geek out or whatever but when i was like emailing with the disney reps i was like and just so you know i um i need to talk to gonzo <laughs> Like, I don't care who else. I just, I, I normally don't do this, but just like, <laughs> like, I need to talk to Gonzo because it was a video. And it's, um, it is the most amazing, it's the most amazing experience. It's so surreal because it was Dave Goals. Like it was, 
him and it was Gonzo, but it was Gonzo on Zoom. So you're just talking to him and he's like looking at my room and all this stuff. And it was so wild. But like, that's how important it was. Like it, he was so important to me as I, I grew up feeling like such a weirdo and I really related to him. Um, and so like any Muppet movie came out, I was there. Like I saw this, but this is 94. 93 92 92 yeah 92 yeah. so you yeah, would have been so right I, at that age to 100 to saw it in theater i got that clamshell vhs when it came out the next christmas i watched it every single year i i mean so this is my christmas carol also because i mean like it stars gonzo like gonzo is like the main <laughs> character so, oh yeah um yeah it and i think like in my pantheon i mean like it is my favorite christmas carol it's also the only feature film Christmas Carol I've seen, which I think is whoops. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> wow, yeah. uh, embarrassing to admit because there are a lot of them, but I think it is. I do think that this is one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made. And I do think that is very much a millennial uh, point of view, maybe like young, young Gen X old millennial point of view, because we all grew up like this hit us at the right age so that mm-hmm. we could, uh, open our hearts to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and and it resides there. And I think that of all the Christmas movies, I do think that people my age, when Christmas rolls around, this is the movie that people talk about uh, most, I, I think, from what I've seen in like you know, the, the, the circles I run in. <laughs> uh, so I think that it is very important and great. And I... We'll be figuring out actually where it does fall because I ha- I've been tasked with writing a definitive top ten Christmas movies of all time post mm, okay. this year, and I take that duty very seriously. I saw I saw that on, on I, I gave you some crazy answers because uh, you know I figured <laughs> I saw your responses and they were too tame. Well, no, so you've got you know so you've got yeah you know, Muppet Christmas Carol, Die Hard. Yeah, um, see this is where this is where I. I, I I don't get into this argument anymore. I wrote my po- I wrote my oh. post. I wrote my mission right. statement years ago, and I don't I don't engage anymore. <laughs> All right, you've, you've said your piece, and you're yeah. kind of walking away from. There it. are okay, movies that enough. take place at Christmas, and then there are Christmas movies. Never the yes. twain shall meet for me. Okay, that's fine. Ah, okay. <laughs> Home Alone. Um, yeah, I, is... <laughs> I think that I mean, like my triumvirate, like I, I mean, Home Alone, A Christmas Story, and Christmas Vacation are my jams i also i love elf and i think that elf is now at the point where like people can throw side eye at elf because it is so ubiquitous like it is Mm -hmm. ridiculously ubiquitous but when you go back and watch elf which i do multiple times a year it is one of the most like line for line funniest christmas movies it is so weird you have amy sedaris answering her phone saying like oh i don't know i've never declawed kittens before like why is that in a christmas movie um it's it's filled with so many joyful non sequiturs that elevate it above being christmas drivel for kids <laughs> and that's what yeah. i that's why i think that elf mm-hmm. uh, transcends what it has become which is very 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 commercial popular ubiquitous uh, and we all know that the cool things aren't popular, man. <laughs> yeah, there's the, so there's there's a couple of things you mentioned that are um, I don't know controversial that are, are polarizing. One is Elf. There's a lot of people that don't like it, and and some of it may be just that you know sort of the hipster. Oh, it's it's too popular to be good. I'm with you. It's it's uh, you know it's a modern it's classic. Great. Though at this point, it's, it's great. 
it's yeah. you know it's 17 years old from 2003 so it's not even that modern it's it it's solely easing its way into being a, a true classic and a, you know perennial watcher and the other one is a christmas story which you know I, again i'm with you it's it's one of my top i don't know if it's top 3 maybe definitely top 5 though you know really good but a lot of people can't stand it and i'm one of those <laughs> purpose you know when when tbs does the 24 hours of christmas story oh, yeah. If DVRs hadn't totally ruined me to the point where I I physically cannot watch a commercial, but I would, you know, if except for the commercials, I would turn that on and I would have Christmas Story running for 24 hours yeah. and would not mind that at all. And I know there are people that can't stand a minute of it, and I don't understand it. I think it's it's magic from beginning to end. It's it's another great film. I, yeah. I have an important question. Where do you stand, both of you, with Bad Santa? I've never seen it, and I can't because it doesn't seem like it's reverent enough. <laughs> See, I, I once thought as you did, and maybe you will come around as I have. To some of these classics are great, but at some point I had to swerve and find a different core set of movies. Maybe a little darker, a little a little black comedies going on. I just couldn't take the the normal movies anymore. You know, I it is bad Santa. And maybe this is controversial. Is Bad Santa a Christmas movie? Yeah, I mean, it, it it certainly happens at Christmas, and I mean Santa's right in the title. You know, I like Bad Santa. It's I don't think I could stand. It's not something I watch every year. The way I can watch Ooh. a Christmas story, or I can watch. I mean, I and aside from the little bits and scenes prepping for the podcast, I've watched this this film Muppet Christmas Carol beginning to end nonstop three times already this year and wow. it's not even wow. it's not even thanksgiving yet as we're recording this like i can watch this movie over and over non-stop and and you know christmas story elf you know or films like that bad santa I, at least for me i'm not watching it every year i will mm. i will watch it this year because i don't i'm actually i'm for this list i'm actually going to try to be as comprehensive as possible because i don't i take this very seriously <laughs> the one that i adore and was my family's christmas movie that we watched every year on christmas eve it was a tradition and no one uh talks about is the 1994 america on 34th street with mara wilson Ooh. and dylan mcdermott and elizabeth perkins that that's a good one that i was the right age for that one too yeah that one hit I, me much better than the old the older one i last year i noticed that it had a fifth i noticed in like August or September of last year that it had a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like, I pocketed that away. And I was like, in December, I'm flipping it to fresh. <laughs> and so I wrote a, because that's the thing they don't tell you about Rotten Tomatoes is they count any review published at literally any time. So I wrote <laughs> in 2019, a review of Miracle on 34th Street, just like really going hard praising it. And it got counted and I popped it to fresh. <laughs> and nice. I like, I celebrated when it, when it finally went through and I was wow. like, I did it. I did it. But it is, it is such a good, it is such a good fun movie. And it, um, it does what I think elf and like this movie, Muppet Christmas Carol, it does what all the great Christmas movies do is it harkens back to yesterday even though Elf and like the modern America on 34th are set concurrent times when they were released, mm -hmm. the people are dressed a little bit nicer or like the music is a little bit older or like the cinematography is a little bit warmer. 
Um, even Home Alone, like the house in Home Alone feels so like 1940s warm and cozy and like Catherine O'Hara in Home Alone is dressed kind of like a Catherine Hepburn you know, with those like gorgeous jackets and like, yeah, there's there's something to that old certain timelessness, that like timeless aesthetic that I think is essential to becoming a classic. Yeah. And, and I think that speaks to Muppet Christmas Carol in that they didn't go the jingle jingle route of trying to like, like no one. There are no fanny packs in this movie. Like there's there's at no <laughs> point do, do like rats yeah. pop up and do like a hip hop. OK, actually, there is that moment where they all put on the Hawaiian shirts. But still, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, it is they don't update it. They don't modernize yeah. it. They're, they're true to 1840s London or whatever. Yeah. And I think that is the key to making a movie feel like a classic is that it actually does feel like. We can rewatch these movies forever because mm-hmm. they were yeah. never they were never tied to a specific period in the first place. Like they've always looked like they've always existed. And that's what the and, and great John Favreau in like the director's comment there, he even addresses that that's what they did. I mean, even yeah. even in Home Alone, they went for the greens and the reds and all that in the house for that exact purpose. What I love is that Elf takes place in the same. It takes place in the Rankin Bass universe. That North Pole and all yeah. those elf costumes are <laughs> the exact literal elf costumes and like set design from the Rankin Bass Rudolph special. Like that is crazy <laughs> that they just did that. Yeah, I mean it, to, to become there has to be a certain timelessness that so the film doesn't feel dated when when you watch it, you know, over and over again. And that's you know that's one of those keys to to to, to a, a holiday classic that you can revisit year after year. Yeah. I mean, and we should probably get back to the to the, <laughs> to the but um, Batman Returns, one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made. Let's just say that. No need to comment. So what do <laughs> nope. we think about Scrooge at this dinner party? Yeah. Well, I want to before we get off the song, I've got one last little comment about the film at the end of the song. I mentioned before that this is all none of this is on, uh, you know, on location. The whole film was done on sets. Um, and particularly small sets and we could see as the camera pulls back and we see uh, the ghost in Scrooge and the people dancing around him. There's a couple that's walking off to the right and you can see they get taller and taller. And what it is, is the um, the sets and the buildings are getting shorter and shorter to create that false perspective to make it look like there's a long street that's heading back, but it's really not that long. And by the end of the scene, this couple, their heads are, they must be 20 feet tall. Like their heads are even with the the second floor windows. <laughs> Just a little, you know, a little oops, I guess. You know, I don't know if, if that couple was supposed to walk that far back to kind of, but you get to see, to get a sense of proportion and how much, you know, how much they, they scale the things to make the set look a lot bigger than it is. And, and you know, these the, the, the Muppet crew, one thing we haven't been really talking about is... You know, what what else has this person done? What else, you know, what's in their IMDb? Because it's all Muppets other than the human actors, you know, Michael Caine and, um, you know, and, and some of the other actors have done other things. But all these Muppet people, they just they do Muppets. They do these voices. They do this puppeting, the, you know, the, the stage people and the scenery people like this is what they do. And they're part of the reason why they're so good at it so i could just say like basically everything muppet ever is what all these people have done including (laughs) the the set designers and everything but they kind of make it look big and they make it look real with with very little in a a small space 
So I just want to point out there's, yeah, there's that one little bit where you can kind of see like behind the curtain, there's like a, you can see where the, the magic, you know, is happening. But yeah, so like you said, Brian, then we, we, um, we segue to, yeah, to, to the nephew and, and Clara, his, um, I guess his fiance, I think they're engaged at this point and they're having a little Christmas party. And I like this, that it's something that's in the film that's not in the original is mm-hmm. this is a Scrooge request that he says, I, you know, show me friends, show me family again, showing that progression in the Scrooge character. That it, oh yeah, he's got the vibe. He's like, I'm grooving, I'm feeling yeah. the flow. I want to see people. Let's get it going. And he's yep. asking for the wrong thing. <laughs> well, maybe you know, maybe the right thing. Not maybe not the reason that he was thinking yeah. of, but uh, you know, but he it shows that he's starting to think about sharing things and and being with family. He's not asking to go to you know, show me all my my gold pile up in the vault, or don't take me to the bank. Uh, you know, take take me to he wants to see family, which is definitely that's not the the Scrooge that we first met 45 or, or 50 minutes ago would not be asking that question. No. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah. And apparently. Yeah. So we, we get a we get a party. We get the what they call it. A yes. No. Which is sort of a version of, you know, 20 questions where uh, Fred Scrooge's nephew is thinking of something and then the guests are asking questions. Yes or no questions to try to figure out what it is. I wanted to point out, we talked about the, it, like the return of the Jedi part of it. Um, the the <laughs> yeah. creatures and like these aristocratic frog people puppets mm-hmm. are like, what is going on? Like they, they remind me of like, if you took that frog from the beginning of return of the Jedi that like, yeah, snatches up that thing outside of Jabba's palace. Yeah, uh, it looks like yeah, you took the, one of those and put it in a suit. The yeah, it's um, I think that's a lizard monkey. <laughs> yeah, so you take, weird. The, take Jabba's lizard monkey and stick him in a suit, and he brings his wife to the park. And it's yeah, he does kind of stick out because I mean, there's um, you know, some distinguished looking uh, there's a dog, uh, you know, some distinguished looking pigs, and then this thing. I guess it's a frog. It's green. It's yeah, these two monstery looking like, and they they also look old. Like it looks like they're hanging yeah. out with you know grandpa. Well, I also kind of wonder like what's going on. So there's you know there's Fred the nephew, there's Clara, um, there's a couple of the humans that I would guess are mid twenties to early thirties. But yeah, all these all the puppets are you know gray hair at least you know at least sixty in. Now I don't know if like does a dog puppet age in dog years, so maybe maybe the dog's fifteen. You know, yeah, it's like which oh is, man, you know, it's 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 sixty in dog years or something. I'm not sure how puppets age, but yeah, all these puppets are very <laughs> old for some reason. Um, but I guess it's you know Fred it attracts a diverse crowd. Yeah, I suppose good for them. You know, good good for that. He's he's open minded. That's, that's I, it's also interesting to see like. What was Christmas like? We all know what Christmas is like in the 20th century, or really, we mm-hmm. know what Christmas is like, you know, 1940s on. Like, you watch a Christmas story that Christmas morning, I recognize it. This yeah. is like, well, what did you do on Christmas Day back in Victorian England? Did you, I guess, you got all dressed up and went over to someone's house and just played games, like yeah. with your dog friends and whatnot? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I love it. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, the outfit Fred is is wearing the the waistcoat and the frilly shirt and it's kind of a bow tie, but it covers his whole neck. Yeah, I'm not sure what yeah. that is, but I love it. Yeah, fancy. Yeah, 
uh, you know, Fred Scrooge. Well, I guess he wouldn't be Scrooge. He would have been whatever, whoever his mother married because his, mm. his mother is Scrooge's sister. So I don't know if we ever get Fred's last name, but Fred the fashion icon, um, again, you know, would, would, would want to see that that come around. <laughs> I have written posts. I wrote um, a couple years ago, I wrote Ralphie from A Christmas Story as a style icon because mm-hmm. literally everything <laughs> he wears in that movie, I'm like, I want all those sweaters all those corduroy yeah. pants. Like, I just want all that. Those glasses are really good. Um, <laughs> and I, there's a look that Gonzo has in a Muppet Family Christmas. Uh, at the end of that movie, he's wearing like, I think he's wearing like a red robe and a gold LeMay ascot. And I'm like, I want that. That is, I need that for my Christmas party. I want this so bad. Yeah. So. Good times. Yeah. Good times. Um, I just want yeah. a, a quick little thing I'll toss out. If you recognize Clara, uh, sort of uh, Fred's uh, bride to be. Uh, she's played by Robin Weaver, who doesn't do much stateside, but our friends in the UK probably recognize her. She's done a ton of uh, of UK TV mm. and BBC stuff, so they would have seen her. She did a lot of stuff with the In Betweeners, which I gather is kind of a, a big deal over there. The one thing uh, the folks in the states might recognize, one thing that made it over across the pond is Black Mirror. And she mm. was in the 2014 uh, White Christmas, which is the a Christmas special uh, from Black Mirror. It's the one with John Hamm. Is she playing Clara? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are they calling that out? Yeah, no, she's she's not. And it's actually a little bit part towards the end. But if you if you keep an eye out, you may recognize her. She's a little bit older there, but but uh, but she's there and she's cute. Fred's doing okay Good. for himself, I guess. And uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, and they just kind of. They're not they're not nice to Scrooge, which is fair. We've seen Scrooge as as much as they've interacted. I'm sure he's he's certainly not nice to his nephew. We haven't seen what he's done to these other guests, but I'm sure they've heard tale. And they end oh, yeah. up with um, an, an unwanted creature, usually in the city, that is not a rat, a leech, or a cockroach. And uh, you harsh know, Scrooge's his feelings are hurt. You know, he 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 does have feelings because but he needed this. He needed this for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little tough love, a little tough love. Um, yeah, I get the feeling like this is this may have been where they were going anyway. It's just sort of coincidence that he says, you know, oh, I want to see family that, uh, you know, this is where the ghost was going to take him anyway. Um, although maybe not. They, they switched it around in the original. Uh, the ghost takes Scrooge to see the Cratchit family first. Huh. And then he visits the nephew. And then here in the movie, it's other way around. They see the nephew first and then they're. And our next, uh, you know, next episode, we'll go visit the Cratchit. So that makes, uh, yeah. that makes sense. It's hard to top the kid's going to die. Like, <laughs> yeah, the kid's it's gonna... like the kid's going to die. And now go watch charades. Like, that's yeah. not... <laughs> right call. They made the right call. It's yeah, it, it definitely. The, yeah. And setting the mood kind of like he, he, he enters on a high coming off of the song. Scrooge has been dancing. He's starting to get into the Christmas spirit. Oh, here's a party. Everyone's laughing and having fun. Then he, they bring him down a little bit with the uh, the leech bit. And then he's kind of more in a vulnerable spot for the, the dead kid. You, know, you definitely you don't want to lead with the dead kid. You got to warm up to, to something like that. It's Even, funny if like Ghost of Christmas Present introduces himself. I'm the Ghost of Christmas Present. I'm going to show you a dead kid. But first, a song. <laughs> first like, a song. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hold that off. Yeah. Um, and that sort of wraps up. And then we head out to the yeah. leaving the party. Uh, our ghost says there is much to see 
And Scrooge is kind of tired of this affair. No more, he says. I wish to see no more. Mm. Yeah, he's had a long night, but it it is not over yet. Not over yet, not buddy. Over yet. Gotta go. Gotta go see a couple graves. Yeah, it's gonna get dark. Ooh, it's yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. It, it's gonna get dark. So one of the things I'm wondering. So I mean, we've we've covered. There's a lot of little great bits in you know in this little slice of the film. There's a lot of great bits in in the film as a whole. Uh, Brett, do you have like a, a favorite line, a favorite quote, a favorite? What's your favorite bit of this film? So this is um where. <laughs> I'm seriously going to try not to cry because this is like a legitimate, like uh, all time great hit me in the gut kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, <clears throat> so I'll take it back to the beginning of the tale. Now, when I first moved to New York in 2006, my first Christmas here was 2007 and it was my, you know, Christmas season away from my parents. You know, I was going home later, but like I've always been a hoster. I've always been a gatherer. I've always been a planner and like bringing everyone in my life together to celebrate. And so like me and my roommate had a Christmas party in 2007 in our, you know, one bedroom apartment where she slept in the living room and I slept in the bedroom. That was for some reason bigger than the actual living room. It was really weird. We all like eight of us gathered in the kitchen and like all sat around in a circle and played, you know, dirty Santa Yankee swap. Mm -hmm. And then that kept growing every single year. The party kept growing. It kept growing. You know, year five, year six, people are returning, like bringing like gifts back and or people are um, saying things like this. This jackalope bank is, is the first thing I unpack every time I move to a new apartment or people always like are telling me, you know, your Christmas party is the most special time of the year. Like it's my Christmas party. And it's, you know, and it's now we are in 14 uh, years later and it's, you know, now me and my husband's party and it is the thing that I look forward to the most, and I think it was the 2016 Christmas, I, which dark Christmas I made, uh, I made all of us like gather together and I took a photo like with the iPhone timer. Mm -hmm. And then I, I don't know if I was like the line from thankful heart, which is the closing song of this movie. Yeah. Where Scrooge says, if you want to know the measure of a man, you simply count his friends. Mm. And, that has always uh, resonated with me because that is what the season is about. And that is what this gathering is about. And in, in this time of year and like of there are so many of my friends, like they only see each other at my party and more people that have like, you know, done comedy together for so long. I mean, Crystal Beth <laughs> from who, who all the minute <laughs> and uh, scene podcasters know um, she flew yeah. to New York. I think last year to come to this party, <laughs> like she flew from Colorado to my apartment to come to it. And, and every, like in that line just always uh, resonates with me so deeply because I think it's such a smart and cr- good crystallization of both like Scrooge's arc in the movie and just what the season is about. And so that was a very serious uh, answer, <laughs> a very serious long answer, but I'm yeah. not going to be here for that minute. So. Yeah, but no, that's that is a that is a great answer, and that's yeah that that is something that kind of gets me emotional as well. Well, you know, we reach that point of the film and and that line, yeah, yeah, good answer. Um, So uh, you know, yeah. So okay, Brian, follow that up. What's do you have a a particular bit from uh, from this section of the film you like? Well, this is my now my new favorite part as as we're going in order. Okay. This is Great. each part getting better than the last. This is my favorite one. We'll see what happens in the next few episodes. 
But you know, the movie's growing on me. I mean, I'm hearing us talk tonight. I have no idea about anything Muppets. I I think I need to explore this a bit more this season. I mean, I don't think I've seen anything Muppets. Yeah, and that that uh, I think that I don't know. I I I would hope. I think it stands uh, on its own just as a film. If you don't have that history, but I think it's a a little bit extra. It seems extra. Yeah, it seems like there's yeah they are. They're not even really a part of it either. Like it, it is the fact that like Miss Piggy doesn't have a lot to do in this movie mm-hmm. shows that they did not shoehorn the Christmas Carol to be more Muppety. Like they just did a Christmas Carol movie and cast some Muppets. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that, that part of, uh, you know, Emily Cratchit isn't really any bigger than it is in, you know, in the original or any of the other adaptations, not, you know, they didn't kind of kowtow to Miss Piggy and say, oh, she's got to have a, you know, she's got to have a song and a number and everything. No, but she doesn't. Miss Piggy doesn't have a song. What do you know? You know, so how often does that happen? Yeah. They, they, they let the the story be their guide. Um, Yeah. So I'll mention a couple of things I have. Well, my, my honorable mention from, from this segment is Rizzo's little line when it, it, early on, when the, the clock strikes two, uh, is it too early for breakfast? And you know, Dickens says yes. Oh, good, supper time. Yeah, <laughs> so like Rizzo, you know, it's a little. Well, it's almost a little. Um, That's great. Uh, a little Groundhog Day-ish, you know, too early for flapjacks. <laughs> I also like the end when they're like when they're guessing all the animals, a cockroach, a rat, and he goes, "You called." <laughs> so great. Yeah, Rizzo's funny. Um, but then my number one. Uh, my my number one uh, quote or bit from from this section is and, and you mentioned early Brett the um, when when Scrooge says you're a little absent-minded spirit and the spirit says no I'm a large absent-minded spirit uh, it's just funny it's it's one it's it's self-depreciating you know the kind of the spirit talking about himself but then it's a little wordplay versus you know the is the is the adjective, uh, you know, is it is it modifying uh, absent-minded or is it at modifying spirit? You know, a little <laughs> wordplay, a little pun. I always, you know, I appreciate that kind of stuff. And it's a little cheap, you know. It's No, I'm a large absent-minded spirit. Love it. Right. Um, that, that's that's my favorite from, from this little bit. So this is really good. Um, and that brings us to, uh, you know, to the end of, of part five and the end of, well, we're halfway through. Uh, Christmas Day with the ghost of Christmas present. So be, before we send you off, Brett, any any final thoughts on on a Muppet Christmas Carol, on Muppets, on Christmas carols, on on you know Christmas movies or the season in general? Oh god. Well, I mean, I you know follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at, at Brett White because I will be. It's going to be Christmas. Every single year I do a thread mm-hmm. where every single Christmas thing I watch, I just make a list of everything I do. I, I watch last year. I watched 200 things. So wow. this year I got to watch 201. This uh, yeah. type A thing that I do every year. And I've already watched, I think, a 20 or so because of all of Netflix's content I've had to review. There are a lot of really good movies. I cannot recommend Happiest Season which is coming to Hulu or it'll be on Hulu. Um, it, it is one of the funniest uh, Christmas rom-coms I have ever seen. It is the funniest Ooh. Christmas rom-com I've ever wow. seen. Um, and I think, Ooh, right. and I, you know, it's like Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, uh, Dan Levy, Victor Garber, Mary Steenburgen, Alison Brie, Aubrey Plaza. Um, 
Who wow. else? I mean, Lauren Lapkus is in it for a hot sec. Like, it's just, it is everyone you love. And it is so cozy and fun and funny, but also like really, really like goes for the heart. And it's so sincere, so good. And I uh, really fell in love with that. So my my review of that will be going out and it'll be good. Um, and yeah, and also just like decider.com where I will, I'm the... <laughs> official Christmas reporter because I take that on with pride every year, even though it means watching a hundred movies <laughs> because they just make so many. And I review like as many of the lifetime and Hallmark ones as I can. They're just too many. I can't keep up with them, but I try. <laughs> um, You're fighting and, uh, the good fight. Yeah. I love it. It scratches my itch of like my, my MST three K loving uh, self of like, I love things that are so bad. They're good. And I take such joy out of, awful stuff but then like i can also appreciate when things are so awful they're great again or when things are like great for exactly what they're trying to do like the mm -hmm. night before christmas which came out last year on netflix mm -hmm. <laughs> absolute garbage movie but like that's what they wanted to make and man it is fantastic <laughs> for that reason <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of christmas stuff coming up everyone needs to watch them up at family christmas i do not know how you can the dvds are out of print and they go for like hundreds of dollars on amazon so don't do that but like go on youtube search it search for like old vhs tapes that might happen but it is an essential <laughs> part of the season and it is an absolute shame that disney will not back up the truck to whoever owns the rights to all those songs or all those characters because now fraggle rock sesame street and the muppets themselves are all fractured often owned by different entities which is why right every streaming service has original muppet content or jim henson content so like mm -hmm. that's a part it's a problem but it's one worth figuring out because it is one of the greatest Christmas specials of all time. So I, uh, everyone should watch it. And um, that's me. I could clearly talk about this forever. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, if you just, uh, so one more time for our listeners, uh, you know, a website, a social media handle, like where I, I I'm, yeah. I'm sure I guarantee our listeners are going to want to read more. more and hear more of what you have to say on these things. So where, where can they find this? Yeah, uh, that's at Brett White on Twitter and Instagram. You can also uh, listen to my sitcom podcast, Must Have Seen TV. We'll be doing our Christmas episode some point soon. And then the archives, I also have Christmas episodes about Full House. And why is that the only one I can remember? News Radio, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke Show, um, Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, yeah, so you can dig through those archives yeah. and find more Mary stuff there. And then Decider is where I write and I do getting all the Christmas content going. It's going to be a lot. Always a lot. It's, it's that time of year. So yeah, must have seen uh, TV is the podcast. Brian, any any closing thoughts? Anything left on uh, on this section you want to add? Uh, no, like I said, you're, it's going to be, this is my favorite section. And uh, we'll see if next time is uh, going to top this one. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, so yeah, listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, you know, wherever you heard this, stick around and, and you'll hear our next one. Uh, you can you can listen you can tune in to uh, get caught up on our previous holiday specials at nextscenepod.com we're nextscenepod on all the social medias uh, Jelly in the Month Club is our Facebook listeners group and there's only three more sleeps till part six and so as Tiny Tim observed God bless us God bless us everyone the love we found, the love we found, we carry with us, so we're never quite alone.
Amen. Amen.